Yes, no. Uh, just keep your seat, page 219 in the Brown Book. Yeah. 
we'll go ahead and take the uh, prayer request. Uh, remember, Brother Titus preaching for us tonight. Uh, just pray for him as he preaches. Uh, I want to give a praise report on Samuel's parents. Got back safely, so y'all, uh, prayers work. So, appreciate you. And uh, got Brother Rick and Sister Karen. We need to keep them in, remembering them in prayer. Uh, I think he's falling quite a bit now. And he's back in some more uh, therapy. It's treatments. But anyhow, y'all pray for him. And uh, so we've got Sister Carolyn. We need to remember her in prayer. And I've got one. Oh, yeah. And uh, Brother Mike Bennett's mom passed away. Most of you already know. So keep them in prayer. I don't believe they're going to have a service. They're just going to uh, have a private viewing for or a private service for the family. So uh, they're not going to have a service. They cremated her. So y'all. Pray for that family. Uh, anybody else got any prayer requests? Melinda. The other Sue. You get those? Brother Tim. Anybody else? I want to go to the library for teacher that Peggy Jackson. Okay. Anybody else? All right, well, pray for America. We need to coming back to God, so we need to pray for America. If you will, uh, while she plays, let's all come down and pray over these prayer requests and pray over the youth in the back tonight.
It's good to be back in House Lord this evening. It sure is good to see everybody here tonight. I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate the Lord allowing us the privilege to be here this evening. And appreciate the invitation to come and preach. I pray the Lord help us to do our best to share with you the thought that the Lord's laid on our hearts this evening. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter number 22. 1 Chronicles, chapter number 22. I know you've heard me say this many times before. I'm going to say it again. It's one thing for God to put a, to put a thought on your heart. I'm thankful, Brother Dale, when he does, when he speaks to my heart, when he puts something there in my heart. But you've also heard me say this many times. It's another thing for him to get it from my heart to my mouth. And I know how he spoke to my heart, Brother Tim, and I know what he placed there, but it's going to take him to get it from there to here. For him to put it to words, for him to put it in my mouth, it's going to take the Lord's help. And I, I pray that he'll help us, that he'll give us the words to say, that I'd just be the mouthpiece, that he'd do the preaching tonight. And give us exactly what we need. First Chronicles chapter number 22. I want to begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible said, Then David said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel, and he set masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors of the gates, and for the joinings and brass in abundance without weight. Also cedar trees in abundance for the Zidonians and they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent, of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called for Solomon, his son, and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house under the name of the Lord, my God. But the Lord, but the word of the Lord came to me saying, thou hast shed blood abundantly and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house into my name because I have shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies round about. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with thee, and prosper thou, and build the house of the Lord thy God, as he hath said of thee. Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding, and give thee charge concerning Israel, that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God." Then, thou shalt, then shalt thou prosper, if thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage, dread not, nor be dismayed. Behold, Now behold, in my trouble I have prepared for the house of the Lord an hundred thousand talents of gold, and a thousand thousand talents of silver, and of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance. Timber also and stone have I prepared, that thou may, and thou mayest add thereto. Moreover, thou art workmen with thee in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber and all manner of cunning men of every manner of work. Of the gold and silver and the brass and the iron, there is no number. Arise therefore and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. David also commanded all the princes of Israel to help Solomon his son, saying, is not the Lord your God with you, and hath he not given you rest on every side? For he hath given the inhabitants of the land into mine hand, 
and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise therefore and build ye the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built to the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, as we come before you once again, Lord, I'm thanking you, Lord, tonight for the privilege and opportunity to be back in this place with your people. Lord, I thank you for this church and this people tonight. God, I pray that you please touch us and help us and take us and use us for your honor and for your glory and to be a help and an encouragement to your people tonight. Uh, Lord, I realize within myself, Lord, I'm helpless. Lord, if anything good is said or done, it'll have to be through and by you and you alone tonight. Uh, Lord, I know what you placed in my heart and how you've spoken to me, and I thank you for it. But God, I also realize tonight, God, it'll have to be you to take it from my heart to my mouth and put it into words, God, how that you've spoken to me. And I pray, God, you to let the Holy Ghost of God have his will and way in every heart here tonight and speak to us. Lord, I pray that you make your word real to us tonight and open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts, Lord, and draw us closer to you and speak to us, Lord, and give us exactly what we need tonight, Lord, you know where we stand with you and what we stand in need of. Lord, it's a dark world which we're living in, but I'm glad tonight, Lord, you're still on the throne. Lord, nothing's changed in heaven tonight. Lord, there's chaos on this earth, but I'm glad things are just as they should be in heaven. Lord, you're sitting on the throne and you're still in control of all things. And I'm thankful as a child of God, we can rest tonight and, and have peace in our hearts because you're still on the throne and you're God and nothing's changed. And I'm thankful for that tonight. And I pray, Lord, once again, you just have your will and way and all it's said and done. We'll try our very best to thank you and praise you for it. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we humbly pray. And amen. Uh, this passage of scripture, uh, we read, you'll find a lot of different scripture that we can go to talking about David. I love studying about David, the man after God's own heart. And we can look at a lot of accomplishments and a lot of things that David did in his lifetime. He was no doubt one of the greatest kings, if not the greatest king that Israel ever had. And accomplished great and mighty things even from a young child. Uh, taking care of his father's sheep. Uh, uh, to kill the giant there on the battlefield in front of all the armies of Israel. And all the things that David accomplished. All the victories that he won. Uh, uh, but there was one thing that David had in his heart that he wanted to do. Uh, and being king there wasn't many things that uh, Brother Terry, if he wanted to do something he just done it. But there was one thing we read in, the, in, the, in this passage of scripture that David could not do Brother Marty. And God spoke to my heart, and, and, and God laid this thought on my heart some time ago. Uh, and the thought that the Lord laid on my heart was, there's one thing Daddy couldn't do. One thing Daddy couldn't do. Solomon here, the Bible tells us, is, is David's son. Uh, and the Lord told David that Solomon was going to come along. Uh, and this, great, this work, this desire that David had in his heart, he, he had a desire in his heart uh, to build a house unto the Lord. Uh, a, a true and permanent temple, not just a tabernacle, uh, uh, not just that structure that they would uh, put up and take down as they traveled through the wilderness and all those years, uh, uh, but a permanent dwelling for God and for the ark of God uh, to be there in the presence of, of his people. And David had this desire. It was a good work. It was a good thing that David wanted to do. It was a needed thing. Do you not agree? Uh, that, that God gave them the inhabitants of the land. God fulfilled the promise and, and gave them the inheritance that he promised the children of Israel there in the land of Canaan. He gave them the place. Uh, uh, there's no more traveling. They're not having to dwell in tents anymore. Uh, uh, Brother Tim, they could dig their stakes a little deeper and, and build a little bit per more permanent homes and shelters. Uh, uh, there's no more traveling in the wilderness. They finally got to the place where God God promised them wanted them to be. Was it not fitting for the Lord to also have a more permanent dwelling? 
And he wanted to build the Lord a temple. He wanted to build the Lord a house of his own. But God wouldn't let him do that. He said, you've shed too much blood in my side. I'm not going to allow you to do this work. He had a desire. He wanted to do a great work. It was a good work that he wanted to do, but he couldn't. It was not only a good work, but it was a great work. This was no small task. Notice what he said there in verse number 5. He said, for the Lord, he said, the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical of fame and of glory throughout all countries. He said, this is not an ordinary house, Brother Marty. He said, it is to be exceeding magnifical. That's the only time in your Bible you'll find that word, magnifical. Magnificent, extraordinary, amazing, something to behold. Uh, I mean, it was something that, that, that you just have to see it to understand it and believe. I mean, it was meant to be something bigger and better and greater than any other building, any other house in all of Israel, the house of God. It was a big deal. It was not just a small work. It was a miraculous work. It was a magnificent work. It was something bigger than they could imagine. He said, this is a great work. It's, it, it, this is big. This is bigger than you and I. This is something that it'll have to take God's help for us to fulfill. The Lord gave him instructions how to build it. It was David's desire. He had a good work. It was a great work. It was no small task, but it was a work given to Solomon. He said, David, I appreciate you won't build me a house, but that's not something I'm not going to allow you to do. But there is a son coming by the name of Solomon that I'm going to allow to build me a house. I'm going to give him peace. I'm going to give him rest. And I'm going to give him all the things that he needs. And I'm going to make a way for him to fulfill this work that you've got in your heart to do. I'm going to allow your son to do it. David had this great desire, this great work in his heart. He couldn't do it. This was something that Solomon had to do. And I realize having children of my own, Brother Leo, I'm finding out that, that there, there's at least one thing that I can't do for them. There's a lot of things that I want to do for them. I, I, I try to do a lot of things. I try to provide for them and take care of them and, and to teach them and show them. Uh, but I realize tonight, just as my daddy couldn't do for me, uh, uh, there's something that I can't do for them either, and that's get saved by the grace of God. Paul teaches us, in, 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 as he was writing to the church at Corinth, that, there, that our bodies as a saved child of God is the temple of the Lord. And when we get saved by the grace of God, we know that God the Holy Ghost uh, takes up a boat and lives in in our heart and, and our bodies becomes a living temple for the Lord to dwell in. And I'm glad when I got saved on a Monday night of revival as a 13-year-old boy, I'm glad my body became a temple of the Lord Jesus. I'm glad the Holy Ghost moved in on the inside of my heart. But that's something that no doubt that if mom and daddy could, they'd, they'd have got saved for me in a heartbeat, Brother Leo. I mean, from the day that I was born, if they could, they'd have got saved and got it took care of and not worried about it. They'd have fixed it and they'd have done it all for me. But that was one thing out of all the other things that mom and daddy had done for me growing up. That was one thing that they couldn't do for me. They couldn't get saved for me. They couldn't build a house of God in my heart. That was something that I would have to do for myself. Just as David couldn't build the temple for Solomon, Solomon had to make the decision. It was his choice, his decision, whether or not to build the house of God. And so, so David... He realized and he understood that this was one thing. Out of all the things that David had already accomplished and all the things that David could do, this was one thing that David could not do. One thing as a daddy that he could not do. This was something that his son would have to do for himself. David's desire. Then one notice David's determination. 
I believe David stepped back and said, Well, if I can't just do it myself, if I can't do it all for him, I'm going to at least do what I can. I'm going to, do what I, I'm going to at least do what I can, what, is in, what I am able to do, what is in my power and ability to do. I may not be able to do it all for him, but I'm going to give him what he needs to do it. I'm going to make it just as easy for him and clear the path for him and do all that I can do so that he doesn't have it any harder than it has to be. He said, there's one thing I can't do, but there are some things that I can do. David's determination, number one, I want to notice the protection that he provided. Solomon's reign over the kingdom of Israel was full of peace and rest. But it wasn't because they didn't have any enemies. It wasn't because there wasn't other groups of, uh, of people that tried to rise up against them and hated them and fought against them. It wasn't because there wasn't some giants that tried to stand in the way. Uh, it wasn't because there wasn't some walled cities and, and some opposing uh, enemies. Uh, uh, but it was because there was a daddy named David uh, that wasn't scared of a fight. Uh, wasn't scared of a giant when nobody else would stand. Uh, and the giant was calling them out and the giant was mocking and, 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 and calling them out on the battlefield. I'm glad even as a young man, uh, as a and a young man who everybody looked at and said, there's no way. Oh, what, what can you do? Oh, who are you? What do you think you're doing? I'm glad even as a young man, he wasn't afraid of a fight. He wasn't afraid to stand for what was right and for the cause of Christ. And he stood even against the giants and he fought and wrought victory so that his son wouldn't have to. There's some battles tonight that you and I can face so that our children won't have to. There's some giants that can be killed tonight that our children will never have to face if we'll stand on their behalf. There's some things that you and I can't do for them. We can't get saved for them. But there's a lot of other things, but Tim, plenty of other things that we can do for them. And one of those is fight battles for them. I'm glad, thank God, there's some battles that my children will never have to face by the grace of God uh, because of the things that God has put in my life and the ability that God's given me. Uh, that I'm glad, thank God, by the grace of God and by the help of God, the giant of alcohol is something that my boys will not have to face in their own home growing up. I'm glad drugs are not something by the grace of God that my boys will ever have to face and fight. Uh, uh, that's not something they'll have to deal with growing up in their own home. That's something that, that by the grace of God they'll never have to experience. And I say by the grace of God because I know I'm human. And I know that something could happen tomorrow. But by the grace of God that's a giant that I'm willing to fight. That's a giant I'm willing to stand against and to keep from my home. So that my boys will never have to know what that's like. My daddy done it for me and I want to do it for them. There are some battles that I want to face. And I want to fight on their behalf. I thank God for a mom and dad that sheltered me from some things. A mom and daddy that wasn't afraid to tell me no. A mom and daddy that wasn't afraid to say, you're not going to go here. Uh, you're not going to be around these people. You're not going to listen to this. You're not going to watch this. Uh, uh, you're, not, you're, you're just, I don't care how many's out there doing it. You're not going to. You're not going to be one of them. I'm glad they didn't go with the grain. They didn't go with the flow and go with everybody else. But they was willing to stand against the flow and say, we're not going to do this. Thank God, by the grace of God, I would not be where I'm at today had they not stood and said, not in our house. We're not going we're not to we're we're have that. They sheltered us. 
even though it was unpopular, even though people looked down on them, even though it cost them, it was a sacrifice, uh, uh, they didn't care how, how what people said or done. Uh, uh, they cared more about their children and, and, and the outcome of their children. They said, it don't matter what you say. They're not your children. They're our children. And we're going to find, and we're gonna find God's will for our lives. You raise yours how you want to. We're going to raise them the way God tells us to raise them. And they weren't afraid to stand and fight some battles. David provided protection. Then I want to notice the people that he placed around him. David realized that, the, that he's going to need some help. Did you know that there's other people helping raise your children besides you? Mamas and daddies, there's other people in your, in your life and in your family that has influence on your children, not just you. There's other people helping you raise your children, whether it be good or bad. There's other people helping you raise your children. There's influences everywhere you look. There's people they see and they watch and they hear and listen to that is impacting and influencing their life. David knew that Solomon was going to need some help. Uh, even after David was long dead and gone, he knew there was going to be somebody that, that would need to help Solomon. Look what he said in verse number Verse number two, and David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel, and he set masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. He also said, and in verse number 15, moreover, there are workmen with thee in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber and all manner of cunning men for every manner of work. He also said, verse number 17, and David also commanded all the princes of Israel to help Solomon, his son. He said, this, this is gonna, we're going to need some help. So he kept the right people around Solomon. He, he, he got other, the right kind of influences, the right kind of people. We need somebody that knows how to work with stone. We need somebody that knows how to work with wood. We need somebody that knows how to do this and how to do that. Because there's no way that Solomon can do all this by himself. He's going to need some help. I thank God mom and daddy kept the right influences around our home. The right people. The right heroes. The right people to look up to. They, do, they wasn't against me watching sports and football and basketball and baseball. That was all well and good. And I had, I had my favorite players just like everybody else. Uh, but as I began to get older, Brother Tim, my heroes and, my, and the people that I wanted to be like and the people I looked to began to change. And it went from ball players uh, uh, to preachers and the men of God and, and, and people of the church that I looked up to, Brother Tim, that made an impact on my life, that, that encouraged me and influenced me and created a desire in my heart to do something for God like they had. I'm thankful. Hey, you grandparents in here tonight, just because you raise your children don't mean you're done. That don't mean you're done. You have just as much hand to raising your grandchildren. And your great-grandchildren, you still have a big impact and a big influence in their life as well. You're not, I'm sorry, I hate to tell you, but you're not done yet. You may not have to do as many diapers and you may not have as many sleepless nights as you did with your children, but you still have a part in raising your children's children. One of the greatest influences I ever had in my life, my grandpa, my mama's daddy, one of the most special and most dearest men in my life, Brother Marty, I'm telling you, there was not another man like him. I mean, I wanted to do everything just like him. He taught me a lot of things. I can tell you a lot of stories, a lot of times, fishing trips after fishing trips, trips even out west. He'd pay the way and everything just for me to, just because he wanted to spend time, he wanted me to go with him. I, I, I was pretty blessed to be the only grandson. I didn't have to share with anybody. So any, anything outside that was, that was manly, I, I was the one that got to do it, buddy. I, I, I would never want to make my sisters feel bad, but, but they told me that they thought I was going to be a girl. 
when I was born and, and they realized they were wrong and, and you know, Papa was still at home until he heard I was a boy. Guess who showed up real quick like at the hospital? Papa was at the hospital. And from then on, inseparable. I, I mean, I spent multitude of summers, days and days and weeks and months with him. Taught me a lot of things. How to hunt, how to fish, how to work. We busted a lot of wood together. I mean, you name it, we did a lot of things. But there was something more important than that. It didn't matter what day of the week it was. There was a big black leather Bible laid on that coffee table. And it wasn't there just to be seen or to be shown. But it got used daily. I mean, on a daily basis. I mean, up way before daybreak, every morning, that was a necessity in his life, was reading the Word of God. Teaching Sunday school for over 30 years. It was a necessity. I'll never forget when he died and they asked me to, to take part in his funeral. And I was doing the graveside service there, Brother Tim, and I was heartbroken. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. I'll never forget me and Daddy was escorting the hearse to the graveyard. I mean, all I could do was just weep. The tears was flowing and just think about how much I was going to miss that dear man. And I began to reflect back on my life. And the influence that he had, Brother Leo. And God laid a scripture on my heart. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. Whether I get any other part of the message or not. But in Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 20, Paul's writing. And he said, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ shall be magnified in my body. Whether it be by life, or by death. Paul said whether I live. Or whether I die. No matter what happens. No matter what I do. Christ shall be magnified in my body. And that's exactly what Papa did. He magnified Christ to me. I'd like to put it like this if you will. He was a spiritual magnifying glass in my life. God's big. God doesn't need any help being big. But he sure did make him look bigger to me. He magnified him and made him look bigger to me. Not that God was any bigger. Not that he needed help being any bigger. But he brought him to closer view in my life. David put the right people around Solomon to encourage him, to instruct him, to, to advise him, and to help him in this great work people that he placed around him, the provisions that he procured, he provided. He said, I may not be able to build it, but I'm going to make sure he ain't got to go get all this stuff. I'm going to go ahead and get it ahead of time. I'm going to provide some things for him. All that timber and all that stone and, I, and all the materials that he would need, he was going to provide it. The instructions that he was going to need. Notice what he said in verse number 13. Then shalt thou prosper if thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Talking about his word. He said if you'll heed what the Lord told Moses and how he instructed him concerning Israel, then you'll prosper. He puts great emphasis on the word of God. I believe, I believe in 2023 if we're going to be successful... And raising children to love the Lord and be saved by the grace of God. There's going to have to be a great emphasis on the word of God. There's going to have to be great emphasis on the book. On the scriptures. And I'm not just talking about on Sunday morning. 
I'm not talking about just on Sunday night. I'm not talking about just on Wednesday night. But it needs to be an important necessity in our lives every day. Every day your children need to spend time in the Word of God. If they're not old enough to read, you need to read it to them. There is no greater emphasis on anything than the Word of God. If they're going to build that spiritual temple in their own heart, if they're going to trust Christ as their own Savior and get saved by the grace of God, there's going to have to be an emphasis in your home on the Word of God. He said, Solomon, son, if you'll heed, the, if you'll heed what God told Moses, those statutes, he said, then you'll be prosperous. If we'll heed the Word of God and do what it says, that's how we can be prosperous. The provision that he, that he provided, I'm, I'll mention this, and I'm right now through. David's declaration, he told him the Lord's promise to help him, verses, 13, verses 10 through 13. I'm just going to go through this very quickly. Then he said, the pleasure of the Lord. The Lord's going to take pleasure in it, and he's going to make him prosper. Then he says his, his provocation to him, he encouraged him, he charged him. He said in, 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 in verse, number eight, or verse number 16, of gold and silver and brass and iron, there is no number. Arise therefore and be doing. Get to it. Get up and go do it. He charged his son. I can't do this for you. I've provided you all the materials. I've put the right people in your life. I've protected you and shielded you from your enemies. The rest now is up to you. The rest, I've done all I can do. I've gone as far as I can do. Now it's up to you, Solomon. What you're going to do with it. Arise and be doing. He, declared, he, he had charged him. Look what he said in verse number 19. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. What, what a better charge. What better encouragement for, for a parent to give to a child than to encourage them. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Seek the Lord. Don't look for fame. Don't look for fortune or wealth or prosperity or, or popularity. If you'll just seek God. Kind of reminds me, he said, seek ye first. The kingdom of heaven, all these things should be added unto thee. If we just seek him first, that'd do good for us adults as well. Not just instructing our children, but that'd be real good for us as adults today. If we just put him first and seek him, everything else would take care of itself. A lot less worry if we just seek him. Second Chronicles chapter number 2, verse number 1. Solomon determined to build a house for the name of the Lord and a house for his kingdom. There was enough desire created in Solomon's heart that he determined he was going to build a house. If our children are going to get saved by the grace of God, we're going to have to create a desire in their heart. We're going to have to show them that there's something in their heart that they do not personally have, and that's Christ. I'll never forget as, as a young boy when God began to deal with my heart about being saved. I'd made a profession when I was younger, thought everything was okay. And I'll never forget God began to speak to my heart. I was scared to death the Lord coming back. Absolutely scared to death. Terrified me. I was scared to death of being left behind. A lot of sleepless nights. It reminds me of Matthew, I believe it's chapter number 25, talking about the parable of the ten virgins. Five are wise, five are fools. They were all at the right place for the right, doing the right things for all the right reasons. They were there to meet the bridegroom. They had their lamp. I mean, everything was just right, except five of them were empty on, in, on the inside. Oil's always a type and picture of the Holy Ghost and Word of God. There was no oil on the inside. You can be in the right place, doing the right things for all the right reasons and still miss Him. I wonder when the Lord does come back. We talk about rapture drills and, and give each other a hard time. But in all seriousness, and I, I wonder when the Lord really does come back. I wonder how many is going to be sitting on a church pew. They were in the right place, doing the right things for all the right reasons, but yet still miss it. 
empty inside. Now, I'm glad, thank God, on a Monday night of revival, a 13-year-old boy, God showed me I was empty on the inside. I was in the right place doing the right things for the right reasons, but I was empty. There was no peace in my heart. No peace. I was empty. He begins to build in chapter number 3. Tells us about the work. Tells us in chapter number 5 that he finished it. Tells us in chapter number 7 that he finished it. Verse number 11, thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord. And in his own house he, pros he prosperously affected. But I want us to notice verse, chapter, number one, verse, or chapter number 7, verse number 1 of 2 Chronicles. The Bible says, now when Solomon had made an end of praying. I like that. When Solomon made an end of praying. They've built the temple. They've built the Lord's house. The Bible said, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. You know when God began to live in my heart? You know when I made my heart a temple of the Lord and began to, when I got done praying. That Monday night I was a 13-year-old boy and I went to that altar and I began to pray, Brother Tim. And when I made an end of praying, just as Solomon, when Solomon made an end of praying, and the Bible said it is fire from heaven and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Uh, you might not have seen no fire fall from heaven. Uh, uh, you may not even have seen the glory fill the house. Uh, uh, but if you could look inside my heart and see all the peace that came in when I got done praying. When Solomon made an end to praying. The glory filled the house. I don't know about you, but my greatest heart's desire right now in this point and stage in my life, the greatest desire that I have is to see that day or that night when my boys get done praying and the glory of God fills their heart and they make their own temple for the Lord inside their own heart just as Solomon had to build the temple of the Lord. David couldn't do it for him. Uh, but I'm glad that maybe the Lord let David look out over the spans of heaven and see that completed, great, magnificent house that Solomon built for the Lord. Hey, look at there, David. He finished it. And, I, and my glory has filled the house. The greatest desire that I have, what I look forward to more than anything right now, is to see my boys bow at an old-fashioned altar or wherever it may be and, and begin to pray and ask God to come into their heart and make a temple for the Lord themselves and see the glory of God fill their heart and their life. That's my desire. One thing Daddy can't do, I can't get saved for them. There's plenty of other things that I can do to make it easier for them. I can provide some things for them. I can keep the right people around them. And I can protect them from some outside things that would love to hinder them from building that house in their own heart. I don't know your heart, Brother Terry. You come ahead. I'm through. I tried my best to share with you what the Lord laid on my heart this evening. I hope and pray that it was a help and encouragement to you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having us once again tonight. Appreciate the message. Uh, let's just keep church in prayer, and uh, we'll uh, just dismiss with uh, Brother Al. Would you pray for us?